we're going to get into the, the Bible. Is that all right? The B-I-B-L-E. And we're going to turn to the book of John. And uh, we're going to keep talking about the heart uh, because apparently we've been talking about the heart all day. Even Pastor Hartley. <laughs> Hartley. Wow. This guy is so holy. Whoa. Yeah. We're going to turn to John and we're going to chapter 4, verse 4 to 24. Any, any Johns in here? Okay. <laughs> Good. We'll just read. So here we go. It says this. Now he, being Jesus, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, she said, perplexed, confused, you have nothing to draw with, draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also our sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give in them will become a spring in them of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go and call your husband. She replied, Jesus, Jesus said to her, she replied, you are right. Sorry, I missed a spot. Sir, give me this water. He told her, go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. Jesus talks kind of funny. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you'll worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. Come on, let's pray quickly and then let's preach. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for this church, Lord, that we are a part of. Lord, C3 Church across Sydney. We thank you for this location, Lord. We thank you for all the locations. God, we thank you for our families, our friends, for the young people of Western Sydney, Lord. God, in every high school, Lord, in every, every suburb, every corner, we just thank you, Lord, that you love them and you've called us to be a light and show that love to them. In Jesus' name, they all said, amen. So uh, here in this story, we've got Jesus, and he, he comes up to this woman uh, who is a Samaritan woman. And the Samaritan woman is someone that Jesus, in his day, he would never talk to. It was not like a neighbor of his. It was someone actually known as an enemy. And so he, he went through Samaria, which is an awkward thing to do because no one walks through Samaria. You kind of have to go round to get there. But he decides he's going to go round to get there for this one woman. 
It's also not that great in the day to talk to women if you're like a rabbi kind of guy. So that doesn't really happen. It's noon, which is an awkward time to get water from the well because people don't go to the well at noon because it's really hot. People go to the well early morning. Who likes to wake up early? Me either. And then late evening, in the, in the cool of the day is when you go to the well. But here's this woman, she's at the well at noon, almost like she's trying to avoid people, almost like she's maybe had to tell her story one too many times, almost like she knows her whole town and the whole town knows her and she's had enough of fronting up to the awkward conversations that she has to keep having. So she's like, you know what? I'm not going early, I'm not going late, I'm going noon. I'm going to avoid everybody. No one is going to see me. Little does she know that God turns up at the well. He didn't have to go through Samaria, but the Bible says Jesus had to go through Samaria, which I think is amazing. Because God will do things not because people say He has to, but because of a conviction that comes from heaven, because there might be just one person that could change a whole village. And so God goes out of His way to find this one woman. And what I love is that Jesus comes up and He sits down. Not like me yelling at you, He sits down. Just, just sits down next to this woman. Takes time in His busy schedule. Now, let's be honest. If I was his PA, I'd be like, Jesus, what are you doing? You do not have time to sit down for one woman. Let's keep it moving. I mean, if you're going to go to Samaria, let's call everybody. Let's get it on, you know, social media. Let's tell everybody and make a crowd of it so we maximize your time. This is poor time management, Jesus. But no, he comes and he sits down. And you know, if you're like a quality timer, like if you like quality time, like my wife, she loves quality time. This would be awesome because this is Jesus taking time to talk to one woman. And do you know that God will, will literally stop what he's doing for one person? And when we talk about the thousands, and I believe in seeing thousands, I believe in seeing auditoriums full of, filled with people, but all those people are made up of ones. It's not about just hundreds, it's about ones. Who's that one that God's called you to? Who's that one that you might be interrupted by, but God is calling you to that person? Who's that one that you might have to go out of your way to get to church and pick up and bring back and it's annoying and it's awkward and it's weird, but who's that one? Who's the one? Jesus took time for one. So he comes and he's talking to the woman and he's talking real funny because I, I mean, if I'm her, I don't understand a word he is saying. He's talking about how, you know, there's water and then he starts talking about how, you know, there's water there, but actually he is water. And she's like, no, nah, bro, I'm just trying to get a drink. You know, I'm thirsty. What are you talking about? He's like, well, you know, I can give you water that never runs dry. She's like, wow, let's go. You know, give me that water. But then Jesus, he's talking in code. And then there's a really awkward moment where he talks about, you know, her world and her life and her current circumstances. And she's been through a lot. And really, her life is probably what you'd call dysfunctional. I mean, there's some issues going on. She's been through five marriages. She's, she's had connection problems. She's had relational breakdowns. She's been through life and life happens. 
And Jesus takes time to talk to this woman. I love that Jesus took time and, and he wasn't just talking to someone who goes to church, someone who's religious and has it all together. He took time to talk to someone who was broken, who was lost, who had dysfunction. And we want you to know that church is not for everybody who's got it all together. In fact, it's the very opposite. Church is for everybody who's dysfunctional. And if you're here and you are pretending that you're not dysfunctional, <laughs> you are, you are. I am, you are, we're all dysfunctional. Let's have a party, it's called church. It's what we do. This is not for all the perfect people. We came here in our dysfunction because it's not about our dysfunction. It's about a God who's greater than my dysfunction, a God who's greater than my past, a God who knows where I've been, what I'm doing and where I'm going. That's what we came to church for. And so Jesus takes time with this woman can I get my prop? Get my prop? Get my prop. Get my prop. Thanks, bro. Give me a prop. Yeah, awesome. I got a prop. You got it, bro. That's perfect. Awesome, you know? And uh, anybody like gardening? Okay, me either. <laughs> Real responsive. Okay, so, so this is a garden hose. Everyone knows that? Yep, everyone good? All right. Garden hose. And so in a garden hose, there is two ends. There's the input end, right? So the water input at this end. And there's the output end. So if I'm, you know, watering my lilies, <laughs> uh, I, anyone have lilies? Me either. <laughs> if, if you're watering, this is the output end, right? So the water comes out this end. So you water the garden from here. But the water that's coming here, right, that I'm using here, it actually is connected down here. So the connection's not over here, even though that's where everyone's looking because that's where the water comes from. The actual connection point is over here. So it's not down here. It's over here, the input end of life. And what I think is really interesting is Jesus doesn't stop to try and diagnose this woman's dysfunction. He doesn't start talking to her about, well, you know what, you, you should go to buzzfeed.com and read about 10 things, how to change your life, five things, how to do this, seven things to fix that. You know, look at this book, read that, go to, you know, Instagram, look at his post. He doesn't try and diagnose it, doesn't try and fix it. He just acknowledges it and doesn't deal with her dysfunction which I think is, is quite strange. And we live in a world that everybody's trying to fix this end of life, the output end of life. We're all trying to fix it. We're trying to look better, feel better, talk better, get my output better. If I get that job, then finally. If I get that position, then finally. If I get those friends, then suddenly everything will be different. So this woman, she's been living her whole life trying to fix, moving from relationship to relationship, thinking that a new relationship is going to fix a problem. But the thing is, it's cyclical, so it just keeps going round and round. You can go to a new church and take the same old dysfunctions. You can go to a new relationship and take the same old dysfunctions. You can go to a new this, a new job, but if you're never dealing with really what the real problem is, you will keep the dysfunction everywhere you go, and your output will be the same everywhere you go, and it'll be frustrating, disappointing, annoying, and you will get to a point in life where you're here going, man, like this woman. I'm just going to go at noon. I'm just not even going to go to church because I'm sick of having to talk to everybody and I'm sick of having to deal with all the issues. So Jesus doesn't deal with her dysfunction. Jesus comes to the other end of life and he deals with her disconnection. This is where we live. This is what church is all about. 
We don't live at this end, pointing at people's dysfunction, pointing at their output, trying to fix their behavior. Stop swearing, stop doing this. Seven things you need to do to come to church. You gotta do this, you gotta lift your hands higher, you know. (laughs) That's not what we do. We live at this end, where we say, you know what? I had that dysfunction once too. You know what, I used to live like that too. You know what, I used to talk like that too. You know, I can understand you. I know why that's different. I get you. But the thing that made the difference in my life was not another book and not another poem. It was this. It was when I got connected. It's when I connected to what it's all about. What really matters, the heart's of what this place is all about is helping people connect to Jesus Christ. This is the answer. This will always be the answer. This will always be what we preach. This will always be what we live. And you don't have to believe and behave right to belong here because we're just trying to help you connect to a God who wants to connect with you. A God who came from heaven to earth in the middle of our mess to connect with humanity, not to point out its dysfunctions and not to try and fix everything, but to come and connect. This is the heart of God. This is the heart of our church. This is what we believe to see across Sydney, across all the locations. And as we keep reaching out, this is what it's all about. This is why we gather on the weekend to connect to Him. And this woman finds connection with Christ and everything changes. She's been coming to the same well all her life, but then realizes that she's found an eternal well. His name is Jesus Christ. And when you drink the water of that well that comes from heaven, the Spirit of God, you are never on empty. You are always full. You don't have to keep coming back to some physical place, but you now have, have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, and out of your belly, the Bible says, will flow rivers of living water. So now everywhere I go, I am a well, because I got the well living in me. I can go to work. I can go to my family. I can go to my marriage. I can go to my children. I can go to my church, and it's not about just getting in. I'm there to give out. I'm pouring out because I have a well living in my soul. It's Jesus Christ. It's the Spirit of God. Man, if you can join me, I'm done. We, we, we want you to have this. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Not Christ around me, not Christ that I'm watching from my seat, Christ living in me. Christ in my heart every day. Not just on Sunday, but Monday due to Friday, Saturday even. And then when I wake up again for church on Sunday, I've got Jesus Christ living in me. Amazing thing about this woman is she goes back to her village, tells everybody about Jesus. And the whole village comes to Christ. I realized Jesus was a genius. He didn't try and talk to hundreds. He chose that one woman who was so dysfunctional that when she meets God and people see the difference, 
the one who looked like the, the person everybody put to the side, the one who looked so messed up and so long gone that he knew if he could come into her world and step into her life and when people see the difference, she would be the difference. She would be the difference in her village. She would be the difference in her town. God loves to get small broken things and use them for greatness. That's what he does. And so he's actually a genius. He picked this one woman knowing that she would turn her village upside down. That's the gospel. That God came to little old me, little messed up old me, and changed my life from the inside out. And now I get to serve. I get to give. I get to lead. I get to pray. I get to give. I get to be a part of building the greatest thing in the earth. Let me tell you, there is nothing more important than the church of Jesus Christ. God does not have a plan B. This is it. We're not waiting for something else. This is it. And He's not going to send another answer. He already sent Him, Jesus. And then He's not going to send someone else to guide us. He already sent Him to the Holy Spirit. So we have all we need to shake this city. We have all we need for you to live with peace everlasting. We have all we need to see a move of God in your life and in the lives we're a part of. You know, two years ago, my, my grandma, she passed away. And I went to her funeral with my family and it was kind of a room like this and there was, you know, hundreds of people in there. And uh, the pastor said, you know, if any, anyone's been impacted by this woman, raise your hand. And a whole bunch of people raised their hand and then came and talked to me after the service. And I was talking to this lady and she was saying how she was addicted to drugs and uh, in rehab. And then my nan brought her in to their home and uh, looked after her and cared for her and took time with her. That woman's now a pastor. Another, another woman who became a social worker. And I, I, another man whose ministry had completely broken, had fallen, and my nan brought him in. My nan popped and, and restored him and helped him get back on his feet. In that moment, no one was talking about how much money Helen had. No one was talking about how many things she had, how many achievements. The only thing that mattered on that day, that final day where we celebrated her life, was the people. That's all that mattered. And I realized that my nan was this woman. My nan grew up in an extremely dysfunctional home. Alcoholism, all sorts of abuse came from a background where she could have easily been sidelined. But God had another plan. And God came into her life, Jesus Christ, and changed her world upside down. And she went and reached a village for Him because of what He did in her. And I'm believing there's someone in here and you're about to receive Christ maybe for the first time. There's somebody in here, maybe you're gonna receive a new idea of how God sees you and what He wants to do through your life. And you are gonna go reach a village. You might even go and start a location. Who knows what you might, you might go and start a connect group and reach a whole bunch of people because you found this end of life, the input end of life. So here tonight, every eye closed, every head bowed, if you don't mind. Wherever you're at. Maybe you're here and you've been trying to fix the output end of your life. But let's get to the heart of the matter tonight. The input end. 
You are made for a relationship with God. It's not an additional thing. It's you are designed, you are wired, you are created by Heavenly Father who designed you for relationship with Him. Separation between you and Him is not the design. You are designed for connection with God. And so when our lives are feeling dysfunctional, not working, the greatest place to start is to get the one thing that needs to work for the rest of life to work, and that is a relationship with God. Reconcile to a loving Father who sent